Raj. Welcome to another episode of the Goodman Podcast. Uh, nice to have you back. Good to be on, Megan. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, as always, can't complain. Um, happy to be on um, and uh, extracting some uh, intelligence, uh, not of the of the real kind, not the artificial kind, from your brain. So. Um... <laughs> Well, if I can help me any way, artificial or real, I'm very happy to help. <laughs> awesome. So today we're going to be delving into the world of the human AI collaboration. Now, we've obviously already spoken in previous episodes about how the blend of human creativity and AI is kind of revolutionizing the way we create and curate business content. So um, we don't need to kind of rehash everything we've already discussed, but maybe for those who haven't heard anything up until this point, you can just kick us off by describing how human creativity and AI precision complement each other in creating business con uh, content, and then maybe dispel some common misconceptions about AI's role in content creation. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do that. So obviously, let's start with AI, because that's, that's the, the hot topic we all seem to be talking about, and then get into the human creativity. So AI, mm. by its nature, is really good at taking large complex pieces of inform information and put them together, finding trends. Hence, I often say, hence the intelligence in AI. It's not a database. It's basically, for, for, for a lack of a better word, it's a, it's a trend catcher or trend finder amongst data, amongst information. And also because the way AI is built is actually to put in and train it using a lot of data, it actually is really good at knowing a lot of stuff, then remixing it together to form something which is perhaps different or unique. But typically what it's really doing is kind of taking its existing knowledge using what we call neural networks or machine learning. So it's kind of like a in the brain, you know, how our intuition kind of goes in through different neurons to kind of hit a path and then give, it, give us the answer. Similar way AI works that way as well finds information. So it's really good to, to really help find trends. So that can be used, for example, if you're talking about content, it can help you analyze, for example, is your content good for SEO or not? So if you provide us information, it'll say, well, it is because it has these keywords. It's not because of this thing. You can talk about intelligence and you can talk about sort of looking at, does it answer the question you're looking to ask or, or, or the answer you're looking to receive? Does it do that for you, for example? There are different elements to AI which can do for you really well. Mainly, it is around intelligence and finding information. But what I was going to say was about the human intelligence and where humans play, play a part. So we talk about AI, what can it do for us? At the moment, the next 10 to 30 years, AI won't replace human beings' creative abilities, especially around storytelling, the nuanced information which is unique to human beings, collecting that information together and having a unique take on on things, whether it's business, uh, whether it's creative challenges, for example, that is still a very human-centric approach. That might change in the next 30 years, 10 to 30 years, where you have you know far more, well, more superior bits of AI algorithms or AI itself and that means I will be able to do that bits as well. So things are rapidly changing. There's exponential growth in AI. So every time you look at, for example, just chat GPT and open AI's launches, 
every time they launch a new thing, people are like, okay, well, that business is going out of, out of, out of that that has gone out of business. That's going out of business because it's replacing companies and humans at a very fast rate. But creativity mm-hmm. and very skilled set of talent can't be replaced with AI, by, by AI. So when it comes to editing, for example, looking at the information around certain topics, which are expertise of the writer or editor, that'll not be replaced. But elementary stuff, yes, absolutely can. And that's where AI can come in really well. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to just pick up that thread that you you were mentioning about the creativity. Uh, obviously, um, we AI can obviously inform the ideation phase of a creative process. Um, and maybe, I don't know if you want to maybe link it back to your own creative process, how you use AI in that ideation phase to come up with new ideas, uh, to kind of link random ideas together to come up with something new. Um, so maybe talk us through your creative process and how you've actually slotted AI into that process. Absolutely. So I, I use AI literally for everything in life now. I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm not even feeling ashamed <laughs> about it. Like this is what I, I do. And it's, it's sort of helped me a lot to, to do a lot of different things. So one thing which I do is when I have a problem to solve, the first big challenge I usually have is where do I start? Like where do I start my problem solving? And so that's the first thing I ask is, ask AI is how do I solve this problem? What are the different approaches to it? For example, shareholder agreements, for instance, or contracts, for instance, or company formations, for example, you know, or where to invest, for, for instance, all these bits I'm asking AI all the time. I'm trying to ask it in different, different ways. And that's the thing we're currently trying to do better is how do you prompt AI? And prompting basically, just in simple words, is what do you enter into AI to get the right answer from the tool? That in itself mm-hmm. is actually a skill. It's a branch of AI called prompt engineering to help you really mm-hmm. program those those bits of inputs. That's one thing I do first thing. The next thing I do is I think about the interface. So obviously I have AI as apps on my phone. I've got AI on my computer, for instance, and, and other you know other tools, for example, like I've talked about a lot of tools in the past, ChatGPT, Perplexity, Pi, um, Claude, Claude 2, Anthropic. So there are a lot of different tools out there. Also, something you also use more open AI, sorry, open source tools as well, like um, Facebook's tool, for instance, as well, just to kind of see what Llama can offer me as well. The aim really is to find very customized answers. So one approach which which open AI has bought in is this something called GPTs. It's a new launch which has happened. We're today, today is 10th of November, 2023. And a few days back, they, probably three or four days back, they launched this thing called GPTs, where you can build your own custom bots. So you can feed it information like PDF files, for example, or feed it information like certain information around your company, your personality, and then it will answer questions based on that information. And maybe, for example, a, a way you like to approach your answers. So for example, you might, you might prefer the answer to be very formal or very informal. Or maybe we have a style guide which you use for your responses to be there. So it will do that for you. That's a very creative way to kind of use different tones, different knowledge bases, and put that alongside ChatGPT 4, 
Ford Turbo's current knowledge. And that's actually a very pioneering thing to do. So that's an interesting example of a chatbot and what chatbots mm. can do for you. But I'm trying to think about new applications. And one thing that I love about ChatGPT at the moment is their element where it takes away typing completely. You can actually avoid typing absolutely on the, on the apps and just talk to it and responds back as a human being. And that is phenomenal because one last week, Saturday, I spent the whole day just doing that. And I learned so much stuff. I mean, which I could have not even learned after I read like a, you know, three books, for example. So that yeah. sort of stuff is unbelievable. Now, you know, obviously when it comes to problem solving or the, the creative process, um, you're asking the AI uh, questions and it's feeding you back answers. And you've just actually said, you know, you couldn't get that information by reading three books, but it came succinctly through uh, a tool like ChatGPT. Where yeah. is that kind of ethical line? You know, um, obviously these models have been trained and it's something that we've spoken about before. We've got a whole episode on the, the ethical and responsible AI use. Um, you know, how is this now contributing to... Um, I, I don't even know how to kind of phrase it, but uh, say you've got three books, you've got one from, uh, I'm just looking at my bookshelf here, um, uh, from, oh, geez, Cal Newport, <laughs> Rich Roll, and uh, Kurt Gigerenzer. You know, you've, you've got these three people who have taken all the time to write these books that have kind of uh, now put their, their IP out into the world. Um, now you all you need to do is uh, type a, a prompt or, or ask a prompt into ChatGPT, and it spits out answer and it combines all those three things together. So um, you know there, there's a bit of an ethical dilemma here in terms of that information, where it's coming from, and uh, how it's impacting the uh, the livelihoods of the people that actually created that IP. So yeah. uh, would you like to delve into to that a little bit? 100%. I mean, you're right. So I'll give you a real example from a few days back. I was talking to OpenAI, my, 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 new, my new friend, where I was talking about, <laughs> um, I was like, OpenAI, tell me. And summarize for me all the stories from the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins. So there are a lot of stories in there. Basically, the book is around different stories of different CEOs who have taken the company from good to great. And I, and I just said to it, like, just summarize all stories for me and just narrate it to me like a child. So I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's see what it does. And actually, it went through every story in the book and it gave me the story, gave me the company name, and it just told me the entire thing. Now, that begs the question, why would I go and read the book now? I've got all the summarized version in the way I want it. I could ask it in a different format, for example. Like I could have asked it and said, well, you know, I run a company in the UK. Um, what's applicable to me, just give me, the, give me those stories, for example. So I can, I can customize the stories quite a bit. Well, that is a dilemma because obviously these authors have put a lot of time and effort into it. And they, they should be paid for their effort. But there is an element of somebody, not probably not OpenAI, who you know took the book's content and scanned it. I would say it's more like somewhere on the open web, someone did it. And then they just going to read it. And now it knows the answer. So it's able to give mm. you what that might be. It's not great for authors, creators, creative people, 
that remixing can happen across any field music images stories you know film movie scripts for example you name it it's done anywhere and that's a it's a real problem it's a real issue mm. and it's the job of the the tools open ai anthropic all the other ones to make sure that the content which they put on to their 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 algorithms their ai is sourced properly so if you don't mm. then it's not comp- compensating people the right way yeah that's that's one issue and number two is with transparency about it like are you are they transparent about how they're getting this data from where they're getting data from uh, coupled with the fact that just just two or three days back open ai announced that they're going to have this thing called copyright shield where they will shield anyone who uses their tool to get information and if, it's, if they someone sues them they will provide, they will actually pay for the legal fee to so they're, they're confident oh, wow. that, they, that their data is you know is copyright free that the data is sourced ethically um but again i don't know how they're doing that because i just give example of jim collins book and i got the, all the mm. answers and that's definitely jim collins losing one book sale although i yeah. do own the book anyway but still <laughs> no for sure i mean this we're, we're giving ai a hard time but i mean you do have uh audio uh there's, there's an app called blinkist which kind of summarizes books in 15 minutes or less so if you don't want to read the book you can go onto blinkist and get a 15 minute podcast or um or audio kind of uh summary of the book and the, the biggest takeaways so these things do exist outside i mean obviously there's licensing and copyright that probably blinkist has looked after um mm. but i mean these things do exist outside of ai as well but my next question is, um, does the ability to just simply ask a question and get an answer in a succinct way, is it making us lazy as human beings? Because now we don't need to read three books to uh, and kind of formulate our own um, uh, thought pattern and kind of let that information digest. We can, we've got all the answers right at our fingertips now. So, um, you know, is is it taking something away from us as humans kind of processing that information and adding our own flavor to it because like i say you you've got it at the at your fingertips now uh, obviously that's definitely true i mean i i feel like you know i remember at high school we were not allowed to use calculators so we still like, actually scribble numbers down and learn like you know calculate that way and i thought i was mm. much sharper with calculations than i'm today and now i'm just so lazy mm. And I've got lazier because of, a, of open AI and AI tools overall, because I'm like, hey, you know, I can just ask it to do me all the P&Ls, for example. So I can do and work mm. on, you know, profit and loss statements. I can just ask it to do it for me and then download the CSV file. And then that's, that's all good. It is making us lazy, but we are also bombarded by information left, right and center. There's no other way to consume the data except by summarizing it so for instance today when someone sends me like a long youtube video and say hey listen check out this this youtube video i don't go check it out first first thing i'll do is i'll summarize that video to see if it's worth my time or not <laughs> and then if, it, yeah. if i see it's worth it and actually I'll also ask it rate it for me and tell me is it worth my time or not and it'll give me like a rating percentage and then if it is then i'll go check it out so that's <laughs> the epic laziness as it, as it were but that's the dilemma I'm in. I mean, if I have this tool with me and I know how to use it, why won't I? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So where do you see it going? How How is AI kind of going to impact, if we're looking to the future now, how is it going to impact uh, decision-making, information gathering, um, the creative process, problem-solving, um, from a from a business content and a business strategy perspective, how how is AI actually impacting? What is that AI human collaboration going to look like? If you hear the experts, there was a recent talk between Elon Musk and British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. I thought it was like an epic conversation, where Sunak asked the question, "What's going to happen to the human force?" people, their jobs in 10, 20, 30 years from now. And the answer, which has been the same answer I've heard from multiple experts in AI is people will lose job jobs at scale. Like there will be a lot of job losses in the future because we define ourselves a lot by who we are, by our jobs. So for example, I run a business, I'm a business owner. That's my profile. And when I, when someone, when I, when I meet somebody yesterday in that working event, they were like, what do you do? That's the first question they ever asked me is, what do you do? Um, mm. Suddenly we start to lose who we are, our, our sort of livelihoods. Maybe we won't lose income because there might be basic income or there was something like maximum, basic maximum income. So basically you'll, you'll get a, a reasonable salary and then you work or you do not work, it's up to you. But I mean, mm. in my head, that will lead to more people being just lazy. Um, we won't have to do the amount of work you put in today and there will be AI doing stuff for us because it can. So if you scale, mm. if we fast forward this to 30 years from now, it will be a very different life we'll be living. Mm-hmm. So um, we've kind of come to the end of, um, of the time. So what is the 60 second takeaway from... Um, that kind of, I don't know, it's it's a depressing note, but also kind of an interesting um, thought exercise. Like, where are we going to be in 30 years' time from now? If um, there's obviously the the pessimists and the optimists and then the realists. So maybe the 60-second takeaway can be um, what your thought is. Um, wh- which bracket do you fall into? Like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Or is it, uh, do, is it going to somehow re- result in something that we haven't even thought of yet? If I were to kind of summarize all of this, things are moving really fast in AI, and it's going to impact everything. Every industry, people believe that it's not going to impact physical stuff, incorrect. Service industry, incorrect. It's going to impact everything. My takeaway from all of this is that instead of panicking about it, let's plan for it. Let's think about it. Let's join hands to figure out what we do next. And this is not the first time it's happened. It's happened before as well. As people, as there were equipments on, on farms, people lost their jobs as farmers. But they went to something else. You know, they went to the cities, for example. Industrial revolution happened. People lost their jobs as uh, craftsmen. And they kind of people had different roles. This is part of life. Evolution and change is something which you can't stop. And it's probably a good thing. We have to just plan this. and make sure that we reskill ourselves to the new skills that we can make a change in our lives and others as things progress and not panic basically yeah yeah awesome 
Cool, thanks, Raj. This has been very interesting. Um, And uh, yeah, to the listeners, thanks for listening. And uh, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And looking forward to the next episode. Indeed. Thank you, Megan, for your time today.